It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Politics Done Right. I am your host, Egberto Williams. This is the progressive program that will take the mystery out of politics. This is the program that will encourage you to make sure government becomes we the people. Whether you are liberal, conservative, or otherwise, you get to air your point of view. Remember, you can also send me a tweet to E-G-B-E-R-T-O-W-I-L-L-I-E-S, that is, at Egberto Williams. Let us engage. It is politics done right. One, two, three, four. Well, well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. I'm Egberto Williams, your host. Thank you so kindly for spending this time with us. We're going to have a great show today. You know, uh, it's been kind of crazy this morning. I woke up early this morning at, uh, what time was it? I think it was 3 o'clock. Uh, 3 o'clock, what time? 3 o'clock in, where was I? I was on the East Coast this morning. And what did I have to do? Fly out here to Texas, do my workout, and then do this show. It's going crazy. So if my, if my mind is not 100%, guys, be with me. Actually, I was in Baltimore. I was in Baltimore at a conference. Uh, Dr. Thais invited me to speak on a panel about uh, uh, what, what we call civic engagement, having people engage civically and discussing matters of interest to the community, politics, and that sort of thing. So we discussed that for a very long time over there in, uh, over there in Baltimore. I had a great time. I had a great time over there because i tell you what. It was the National Association of College Professors and Univer- of, of University and College Professors or something like that. And the idea was we're trying to get them to get students politically involved with the body, of course, being engaged in the body politic and why, so that we don't repeat what is currently happening now, you know, what is currently happening now, the, 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 the cancer that has afflicted this country with the election of well, you know who. Anyhow, so we're going to have a great show today, but I want to tackle a touchy subject today. And I want you to stick with me. I don't care who you are or whatever, because I want you to hear my take. Because earlier today, first of all, while I was in Baltimore, I couldn't watch my uh, real-time Bill Maher, which, you know, I love that show. And what I did is I went to a raw story and saw some clips of, the, of parts of it. And there was one part where uh, Bill Maher was doing a culpa for using the N-word a couple of weeks ago or a week ago with uh, uh, Dice, Eric, uh, Eric Dyson. And then he was on with Bernie Sanders, uh, Miss Sanders, Bernie Sanders, past spokesperson. And then I see, and they're all really knocking Bill Maher and giving such power to this N-word. 
I'm not going to use the N-word on my show. Uh, sometimes, you know, I, I even got a post in from somebody who read my blog of the week and what he was able he he had a different take on it as well. But what I want to do is I want to take us there first because I think that is always some sort of an elephant in the room for everybody, you know, uh, black, white, Latino, whatever you, whatever you are, people somehow give some words more magic than I think they deserve. So anyhow, I'm going to tackle that. So talk about, you know what, Colby, we're going to discuss a little bit about that, what you think about how successful his uh, diet, diet, how successful his uh, hearing was. Personal speaking, I'll tell you up front, I think media is making a whole lot of it. Look, don't get me wrong. I think Bill, I think the guy is a very bad man or president, but I think the media has overblown uh, what actually got said. And I, for, in, in, and I think too many progressives are putting too much hope that something is going to happen to El Senor Trump. I don't think it's going to be this that brings him down. It'll be something else maybe, but I don't think it's going to be this. So let's actually get with the program. What are, what the, I titled the show today, and let me get to that page. I titled the show today, Topic of the Day, on the N-Word and Bill Maher, Comey hearings, and more. Okay, and you guys can lead me anywhere. Uh, my little screen here with my, looks like they changed it up on me somehow. I don't know if that's true or not. It looks like uh, I got a new version of the tool, but that, that's fine. So anyway, that's, that's going to be the topic of discussion. I want to tackle the N-word. Uh, I'm taken aback by the amount of time the Bill, the Bill Mark fiasco is taken. And of course, like I said before, we'll discuss Comey. So you know what time it is. It's time for the weekly blog post. For those just joining us, again, I'm a bit tired. I was up since three this morning. I was in Baltimore this morning and flew to Houston. Did my spin and then came right here to go ahead and get the show done. So if my mind is not sharp, there's a reason why. Anyhow, the title of the blog of the week is called as follows. And I wrote soon after the Bill Moore. Bill Moore and others using the N-word does not bother me. Reality does. And here it goes. I do not want Bill Moore taken off air. He is crude and says things on issues many are scared to say in the process. He upsets many. Hell, the man is a comedian satirist. But I'll expand further. The explosion of Bill Maher's use of the N-word was shocking to me in the morning when I woke up. It was a same story headline the evening news. Are you kidding me? Bill Maher using the N-word was the second story Headline the day after he used the N-word on nightly news. I don't know. Watch real time in real time, and I chuckled, especially in the context he used the phrase next to a conservative Republican 
talking about working in the field. For those who did not see the piece, the exchange went like this. Senator Ben Sass was Bill Barr's first guest in real time. Us and, and more were taken about or were talking about the boundaries between adolescence and maturity. Moore mentioned that adults in California still dress up for Halloween. Sass said this did not happen in his state. Moore then said, man, I've got to get to Nebraska more. To which Sass replied, you're welcome. We'd love to have you work in the fields with us. Bill Moore right away responded, work in the fields? Senator, I am house N-word. No, it's a joke. So that, that, is, that is what happened. Now, Senator Sass did not go anywhere close to the comment, but later said he wished he had interjected. According to the New York Times, HBO issued the statement saying Mars' comment last night was completely inexcusable and tasteless. We are removing his deeply offensive comment from any subsequent airings of the show. Wow. They are removing any subsequent, I mean, our egos and, not our egos, but our, our, our fragile minds are going to be so damaged if we see reality, if we see what's going on. Our so fragile minds are going to be hurt. Okay, so Bill Maher has deeply offensive, they said, Bill Maher comments last night was completely inexcusable and tasteless were removing his deepest, deeply offensive comments from any subsequent airings of the show. Bill Maher subsequently apologized, saying, Friday nights are always my worst night to sleep because I am reflecting on the things I should or shouldn't have said on my live show. Last night was a particularly long night as I regret the word I used in the banter of a live moment. The word was offended, and I regret saying it, and I'm very sorry. My gut feeling is, Bill Maher is not sorry for saying the word. Bill Maher is sorry for the reaction to how he said it uh, in a joking way or whatever he said. He was like, wow, I used to be hanging with you guys. And man, I didn't expect this. This is what he was saying. Bill, Bill has always said things like this before. Okay, always. Uh, but here it goes now. Everyone knows it would not be long before the attention getters would chime in with their righteous indignation, demanding that HBO takes Bill Maher off of the air. Many will be upset with my take, however. You know, they'll be upset at me. But let me tell you, uh, it, it's funny because Ray McKesson, you know, the BLM, the Black Lives Matter, I call him the Black Lives Matter poser. Let me tell you, I don't go out a whole lot with the youngsters of Black Lives Matter, but I am Black Lives Matter. I support Black Lives Matter. I do what's necessary to be a part of that movement. I may not be out there on the streets all the time with them. The younger folks can take care of that. But to have uh, what I call posers in the movement come out and say, oh, righteous indignation, we need to get rid of, of him, the Ray McKeeson, that's who said it. Many will be upset with my take, but I think it is now time that we stop being held hostage by those who use the N-word, whoever they are, or held hostage itself by the word. I want to repeat, because that is important, what I'm trying to say here about the N-word. Many will be upset with my take, but I think it is now time that we stop being held hostage 
by those who use the N-word, whoever they are, or even be held hostage by the word itself. We should not. Christy, uh, I, I, you're having anybody else having problems with the video other than Christy Kale? Because I'm showing that the, the it's flowing just fine. Please let me know so I know if there's something else needs to be done. Anyhow, as 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 I said now, uh, why? Or, or let me get back. I'm a black man. I mean, I, for those who are seeing me on video, they can see me quite. You know, they can see. Me. I am not a n-word, and I'm not going to use out of respect. I'm not going to use the word on set. I am not an n-word. I have never considered myself that. I'm an intelligent person. I am not a fool. I do not acknowledge anyone. I, I, I acknowledge no one who may think they are referring to me with words for which I do not classify myself as. So if somebody is calling me the N-word or whatever, why should it matter to me? I do not classify myself as that. And I'm not going to empower them to use that word to block me. And that is a big mistake. I think those, in the, in, let's say, the black intelligentsia and others are using by giving that word that much power. Continuing. Therefore, I simply disregard those utterances as just warm air vibrations. If we taught more people that concept, could then get upset and do something about issues that matter instead of spending time on issues that stimulate passion but have little value to our personal economies or our personal well-being. That's my take. Now, folks, here is something to ponder. Rapper's music is repleted with the N-word. Most of the buyers of rap music are white. Can all purchasers rap along the music they buy, the music they own? I mean, there's a certain amount of, within this whole argument or discussion, there's a certain amount of intellectual dishonesty. And I know about folks talking about the pain and of slavery and all of that. Look, I am from Panama. Yes, I'm not from the United States of America. But guess what? Darn slave ship. Stopped in Jamaica, darn slave ship, stopped in Curaçao, in, they stopped in Puerto Rico, they stopped in, they migrated to Panama. All black people in America who came over here share an experience. And that experience is discrimination. In Panama, they don't call it N-word. In Panama, they call it chumbo. Now, Black folk in Panama have overcome what that word chombo means. I mean, in fact, everybody uses the word chombo in, in salsa music and in all the, you know, I don't, I really don't, like I said, I really don't care. I don't consider myself an N-word or chombo or anything else. Chombo is a Latin word that they use uh, for black folks in Panama. So uh, I think it is important that we start giving those, give the power to these words. Anyhow. I'm no longer interested in arguments in who can and cannot use the N-word. I'm tired of that. Or for that matter, other offensive words. You know, everybody wants to own the offensive words. Uh, gays want to own the offensive words that we use at gays, but you can't use it. 
Women want to use the offensive words on women, but you can't use it. And you can go and subselect people after people after people. I guess if you're that gay, transgender, whatever, there's a whole plethora of words that you can use. But you're wanting, you know, I, mean, I, I don't want to get insensitive here, but what I'm trying to say is we have to be careful that we don't turn the usage of words into a weapon and not only a weapon, but we give them power so as to stifle everything else. So here I'm, I'll, I'll read that again. I am no longer interested in the argument in who can cannot use the N-word or for that matter, other offensive words. The only intellectually honest position in my humble, humble opinion is that everyone can or no one can use these words. Again, my humble opinion is that either everybody can use these words or nobody can. And the reason why is the fact that we want to segregate who can and cannot use particular words is yet another form of vision. When your white friends are out to dinner or to, to dance and everybody's jumping up and dancing, and one song has some words about uh, gay people. And one song has some words about the N-word. And one song, and everybody goes into a frenzy. Oh, can I say, can I do it? Folks, it is ridiculous. And until everybody, again, either stop using it or make it have no meaning, one or the other. People can talk to me about pain. Nobody can tell me about pain. I am a business owner who went through pain for the color of my skin. I've lost contracts for the color of my skin, been shunned for the color of my skin. All those hurts I've gone through. And my parents have gone through the hate as well. So nobody's going to, you can disagree with me, nobody's going to argue with me and say, well, you have not seen pain. To put it bluntly, because what I do have seen pain for the pigment, my pigmentation, more so than most, both professionally, personally, and otherwise. Now, now, but again, since one should learn not to make words from others define or identify them, or let me repeat that, since one should learn to not to make the words from others define or identify them, it really shouldn't matter if you hear the word or not. We have to teach our children. I thought my daughter, and I don't know if my daughter agrees with my stance here. I never really discussed it. But I know none of these words have an effect on her. Because that's not who we grew her up to be at all. Not in the least. That's not her. So we have to get the program. Bill Moore's of the phrase house N-word is inconsequential in my humble opinion. However, his stance on the Muslim religion's complicity with terrorism is dangerous. I don't want him removed for that either. Progressives believe in airing our opinions out there, defending them, and ultimately the right one should emerge. In fact, Farid Zakaria schooled Ilmar on air, and, white, and while Mayor refused to relinquish his position, the ability for Zakaria to challenge him on air, like educated many of his listeners on the issue of Muslims and terrorism. It concerns me. It concerns me how quickly progressives can turn on one another. They make a mistake, and the piranhas all come in for the 
for their pound flesh and the kill. The right couldn't have better allies. I disagree with Bill Maher on several issues, but I love that he tells progressives hard truths. Hell, in the same hour, his new rules scolded of, of his new rules, brother. In the same hour, his new rules scolding Democrats was on point, and in my opinion, was much more worthy, or much more newsworthy. We spent an inordinate amount of time on a joke that was clearly said without malice. But yet, the core of his new rules, which had a very important note that really slammed Democrats appropriately, was lost. Completely lost. Now, I have a similar complaint about the blanket attack given to Kathy Griffin for her tasteless antics, but I'm sure you can extrapolate from the things that I've said so far. Look, if progressives continue to obsess with that which makes us less than pure, the right will continue to use us against ourselves, and their pilfering of us all will continue. I think it's time for us to grow up and see the big picture. And what is the big picture? Reality, folks. Reality is the big picture. I trust that many of us will refrain from group think and consider different points of view. Now that I have made many of you upset, I know, but I'm pretty sure I'm right on this one, my friends. I'm pretty sure we cannot let hot air vibrations define psychologically or affect us psychologically or otherwise. And in my opinion, again, by constantly harping of the, on these things, we made people mentally weaker because you start to do something and if I want to disrupt you I just shout out the n-word I just show, shout out the gay word and I stop you in your tracks for your progress because now that word has so upset that word has you, has you you are so now confused let's get with the program folks this is a call-in show please I, 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 I really love people to call in and give me their honest opinion. The telephone number is 646-929-2495. And that is 646-929-2495. I would love your opinion on this issue because it is so important in my opinion. So let's go with my one of my favorite callers. John, come on in, my friend John. Talk to me. Good afternoon, Egberto. How you doing? Good afternoon, sir. How you doing? I'm good. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I do disagree with you pretty strongly. Uh, <laughs> the re- the yeah, the reason I disagree with you is that you know you're you're putting emphasis on you know having saying that people you know should put shouldn't have a, an impact on words i mean words are extremely powerful and so i mean if you look at uh, how many people actually commit suicide because they're you know they're really uh, oppressed you know and they're they're uh, you know they're they uh Either it's a racial or maybe it's about their sexuality or whatever it is, you know, we should, we should as a society, we should try not to use those words. And I just, I mean, 
I want to interrupt you one second because right there, I don't. There, there's something that you're saying there. I don't disagree with, and here it goes. I said in in my piece, I said we should all agree that none of us use it, or all of us can use it. That's what I'm saying. In other words, uh, and you're a white guy. Let me ask you something. Let's say I don't know. You, you you're not into rap. You're probably around my age, so you probably don't do rap and that kind of stuff, right? Well, I mean, I've I've listened to some. Yeah, I mean, I prefer jazz music, and you know, which which has a strong African American black element. I mean, and so that's you know, I mean, most of the music I listen to are actually by black artists. Right. Okay. But jazz. And you buy. I mean, if you were a younger man and you bought a rap record that used a whole lot of the N-word, I know you sing along with a lot of records you buy, right? I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. Do you sing along with a lot of records you purchase? Um, actually, most of the music I listen to is instrumental music. Oh, but, I mean, yeah, occasionally, I, the, out of the you know 10% of vocal music, if I like the lyrics, I will sing along, sure. Right. And, and what I'm saying, though, is if, there, if somebody has a – if somebody is singing a, 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 some lyrics that have, that have, have a great beat and the N-word is all splattered over it, what what is the person supposed to do who is supposedly not able to use that word? Skip every time the N word is even as they sing the other words. Um, well, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I, I really, I'm not in that position. I mean, you know, back in the day, back in the day, let's say in the eighties, I, I used to listen to a little bit more rap. I have to say, you know, public enemy, you know, tribe called quest, all of the, the old school people. And so, uh, you know, I mean, I, I relate more to the, to the, the fact that they are oppressed and I don't think that, that, uh, they use those words, but I mean, you know, maybe they did, maybe my memory's faulty, but I, I mean, I, I see your point. Yeah. You're right. The, the I mean, point they, that you're... Go ahead, I'm sorry. Okay, I think the point that you're making is that, you know, within the, the black community, this word is used as... It's not the same. I mean, I mean, I, I know you're, the point you're making is that everybody should use it or nobody at all. I, I, I kind of disagree with that. I mean, because of the history of oppression uh, against black people in this country, I mean, you know, we've got a, one of the biggest problems and the, one of the problems why we haven't o- overcome uh, all the, the racial uh, issues is that white people won't admit how we've treated minorities and specifically black people throughout our history. And I know I've said this a million times on your show, but I mean, people uh, don't recognize it. Let me stop here because that is correct. White people to this day, I don't think, well, most or large percentage of white people have not or, or they try to skim uh, of it, or they try to think that because it's there, it's not them. It's the people that came before. There are a lot of there are a lot of excuses. I am saying, yeah, we we if if we want to hold something accountable, those are those are the material things that matter to us, right? That what I, I want to see that I want to see a certain not reparations. Some people talk about. I want to see uh, those issues taken up seriously about. First of all, and not forcing, but getting white people to do understand that a lot of problems in not only the black community, but in all the oppressed communities have a common thread. Uh, that common thread is white supremacy. 
that common thread is privilege, white privilege. I want that to come out. I don't, uh, I, I don't think you start that by saying who can and cannot use N-word or the F-word or all these other words. I think that, that I think white America, the, the bad part of white America would love to continue having those discussions. I think we have to get the meat of exactly what you just said. I was at a, uh, and, and I want to get into, uh, I remember I told you I was in Baltimore yesterday and early this morning, and I was on a panel yesterday in Baltimore. And we sat down and we started talking at first part. Before I got on the panel, I went to something called a deliberative dialogue. And in the deliberative dialogue, what occurs is you bring up the case about, in this particular case, we're talking about police brutality, or not police brutality, but uh, police brutality against minorities and, and its influences, okay? And what can be done about it? And at a table, I am one, an older black man, 56 years old, at a table with a young black man, uh, 21 years old, or either 20 or 21 years old, and the rest of the people, the other six people, some people were all white. And the discussion went, uh, and by the 314, if you want to speak, please, uh, the number one, so I can put you on air. And, and the discussion went, uh, you know, we, we started, to, we continued hearing the platitudes. I finally said, look, uh, there are two black people around this table, myself. And if you listen to what black, the other black person said, is, he had, when he goes into stores, he makes himself look a certain way. If he has a hoodie on, he makes sure to take it off, whatever. And some of the white folks at the table were flabbergasted. You know, and I said, look, you have to stop just being flabbergasted. You have to, you have, because what has to happen first is you have to come to the real conclusion that that's a person that, looks, that doesn't look like you is really as worthy or and as valuable as you are. Because until you are there, you think, you think it is okay, or even if you feel badly for that black person or that that black person goes through or that Latino goes through that, you are still not willing to do enough because you have not yet believed that that person is just as good as you are. John, I got to keep you on, but I want to bring a new color in, 314. Uh, 314, please enter the discussion. 314. Yeah, how are you doing? Who am I speaking to? Yeah, the echo is real bad, too. Oh, the, you're the young man from last year. Uh, what's your name again, sir? My name is Pianchi. Pianchi, yeah. How are you doing, Pianchi? I'm doing pretty good. You know, I was listening to you. I don't have a problem with it. If white folks want to say the N-word, that's, 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 I don't have no problem have with that. Do you hear my answer? Before you comment, Jackie, did you hear uh, the blog of the week that I read? No. Or did you not? I was trying to listen to you and the other man, but the echo is overcoming. Okay. I did, did I get rid of the echo now? Hello, hello. <clears throat> Let's see. Yeah, that's better. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, no, but uh, well, it came back. But if blacks want to use that word, if we find them giving excuses, especially young ones, for using it, that's, uh, that's the generation. It's up to them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to add to that? 
Well, on the N word, that was since that's what you were speaking on. You had the and Trump in your top topic. I, I enjoyed uh, talking about him. He's someone I supported and voted for. Okay, I tell you what, we'll, we'll talk about Trump in a little bit. I just want to finish this subject. Let me go through some of the. Um, I'm going to put you back. I, I just put you on hold. Tiki. Let me go to some of the uh, uh, things that people have written. I, let's see. I, uh, to see how people think about what we're saying thus far. Anne-Marie DeMille said, I agree. is a terrible word. No one should use it. I am. And let's see. I am Italian. And even if someone is Italian, I still don't believe they should use derogatory uh, words describing me. So I guess uh, what Anne-Marie said is she agrees with the portion that I said where either everybody uses it or nobody uses it. And in her case, she believes nobody should uh, use it. Let me check with uh, Nicole Casewick. Nicolo says, uh, let's see, satire is not political analysis. That's true. Uh, uh, let's see what the uh, payment Vashenti says. I so agree with this, but the... And it's bad today. But this time, as someone who is not black, still hurts when someone uses that word. And Nicholas, I think society wants to retire hate speech. I agree that society should retire hate speech, but likely not going to do it. What we do when we want to retire something and it doesn't occur is we make ourselves immune to it. Uh, we can't get rid of uh, we can't get rid of a lot of bacteria. We can't get rid of common cold uh, virus. So, or the, the flu virus, so what we do, we inoculate ourselves against viruses. My goal with this show is not to go ahead and pound against uh, Joanne Reed, who I disagreed with today, or Tore, who I disagreed with today on, on uh, uh, AM Joy. My goal is to say, folks, let's start making that attempt to inoculate ourselves from these words and stop giving it so much power that it stops us in our tracks. Oh, and I'm coming back to you in a second, John, but I went to, I had, con, there, there, I want to tell two stories, uh, two quick business stories. Uh, I had a, a person that I bought hardware from, and he bought my software in Taiwan. He never knew what I looked like. He never knew what I looked like because in all the business dealings I did, I never did anything to to reveal what I looked like, what race I was, what ethnicity or anything. All he knew is that I was from Panama. That's all he knew. We bought thousands of, hundreds of thousands of exchanges between the two of us. Now, we, for the first time we're going to meet, uh, it turns out that uh, we're going to meet at a Comdex. That's a big technical show in Las Vegas. And we go out there to Las Vegas and uh, but beforehand, my wife made the reservations for this guy to go to Vegas to get the hotel. He paid for it, but she made all the, the work. She was working in the office then. And finally, with the, day, uh, the day before he flew down, he asked, how do I know how to find you? What do you look like? And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, now, oh, my God, now is the time that he's going to find out that he's dealing with a black man. And by the way, uh, Asians are just as racist against blacks as uh, whites are in this country. So anyhow, I t- told him uh, that uh, what I looked like, and I said, uh, you know, I'm black. And there was a long pause. And then he said, oh, oh, 
okay, and this, the call is over. Now, we, we, we started to call him back for some other arrangements that we had to make for the deal that we're making, and suddenly we didn't reach the guy. We couldn't reach the guy at all. Finally, I told my wife, you call, and when you call, call as if you are another person who just found his product and want to buy his product. And that's what she did and immediately reached. And as soon as she reached, she passed the phone to me. And then I said, come on, what's wrong with you? Why is it that I couldn't reach you? And, oh, no, 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 that's not a problem. So anyhow, we meet in Las Vegas. We sit down uh, for lunch. And I immediately tell him, it's amazing that you've been doing business with me so long. And as soon as you found out that I was a black person, that is how or the reaction that I got. The guy, you know, he kept on with the with the smoke cream. But the, the, the thing about it is this. It wasn't the first time that that occurred. I made a contract with another person to exchange software, software product that I wrote, Zmorn protocol that, that he had, and he wanted all of my communication tools. All we had to do was sign a contract. When I went to his booth in Las Vegas, I flipped my badge. That's how, you know, as a lot of people there were using my product, and I also flipped, flipped my badge. And I went to his little place, and uh, I stood up there for a while. And, you know, at Comdex and the areas, there are rarely any black people out there. And he sees me, and the first thing he looks at was sort of with disdain. Who are you? Because I kept on standing at the, at, at the place. Who are you? So I flipped my card, and he saw Egberto. And he's like, oh, oh, oh hey, Egberto, how you doing? And then he runs to his partner. And he brings his partner, hey, Robert, uh, this is Egberto. We are supposed to be, I'm there to sign a contract with these guys. Uh, he sees me, and he says, oh, uh, the partner did. Oh, Egberto, you know, we've been uh, thinking about this. Uh, you know, we're, we're rethinking projects. And I said, no problem. Okay. And I was very cool about it, walked off at that particular comdex. I took my wife, and I went, went back to the hotel. And I, you know, I think my blood pressure probably went through the sky then, you know, when I, when I kind of told her the story. So when people tell me about, oh, the hurt of hearing the word, the hurt of hearing the word is one thing. Notice what my title was, a blog. It's the word that bugs me. It is the reality that bugs me. The word doesn't do a damn thing for me. I have products that I develop. And I make a deal to have a technology exchange with another uh, person. And, the, and then the color of my skin is what stops that product from, be, from being exchanged. That is what matters. The N-word doesn't matter to me. I don't care if anybody calls me an N-word if they're purchasing my product because it does not affect my personal economy. And what we have a whole lot of is a lot of people concentrating so much these words so much on what it means to me, how it makes me feel, that it affects your ability, in my full opinion, to function. And that is what I promise to never allow to occur with me, my daughter, or those that I have influence over. You're John. 
Well, I think words and actually what people do, there's there's a, usually a connection, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you're racist and you use derogatory terms towards whoever you're racist towards, and it's not only black people, I mean, some people are – are you know against uh, Jews or Catholics or Italians or Germans or whoever you know? Uh, I mean, Trump is against Muslims. Trump is against Mexicans. Uh, you know, all this negative stuff. I mean, if you if you have a thick skin and you put things in perspective, it's going to have less of an impact on you. But if you're a teenager, uh, or you know, let's say you you're just a sensitive person, it's going to have more of an impact on you. And so, uh, you know, I mean, yes, it's good to build up your your thick skin and to and to say, you know, I know that's wrong. I know it's wrong to be racist, but you know, that's the way people is, and we should try to strive for a society that that actually, you know, has less racism in it. And so, you know, if you look at the political system, uh, once Obama came into office, you saw a rise in racism. And and it was right. all over the place. I mean, in the the Southern uh, Poverty Law Center, you know, what when they track things like that, they track not only words but actions. And so I think that there's more of a correlation than you're giving credit to. And you know, words do have incredible meaning. And uh, you know, I do agree with your, I mean, agree with your point that like, you know, in rap music, uh, it's it's much more common to use that word, and it, it doesn't offend me as much as you know, if a white person uh, says that, because you know, it's it's more of a part of a kind of a subculture vocabulary. I mean, I still don't agree with it, but I'm not going to spend a lot of time thinking I wish black people wouldn't use that word. I mean, they have the freedom to use the word. People use, have the freedom to use that word, but is it right? You know, and like Al Franken, he, he uh, cut, he's not going on Bill Maher next week. He was, uh, It was actually last night's show. He was supposed to be on last night's show. He decided he didn't want to go on that shit show. I actually support him. I, I, I don't think I would go on the show. I used to watch Bill Maher uh, all the time, but, I mean, he his anti-Muslim rhetoric just got to the point where I just could not respect him anymore. I, I, and I so I, that is, John, that is where I am saying if any if there was anything to raise up about Bill, that anti-Muslim thing, in my opinion, is something that is actually – dangerous. It's not that it's bad. Remember I said, going back to the point where I say I believe in reality. Re- the, the reality is uh, uh, I think Bill Moore was given carte blanche to people to hate Muslims or to stereotype Muslims. I think that's what he did along with the guy that he brought onto the show who wrote the book. I can't remember his name right now, but um, you know that came up with some phony polls. But I, 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 I wanted to give my stance on the racism. We're not going to agree on this, you know, but what, what I do say is that I think there are a multitude of opinions on this. I wish more people would think the way I think because I think it would make for stronger, stronger people. And it, I think I, it, when you look at people who classify themselves as black, I think it would be better for them in the long run. Using my example and the examples I'm saying is that uh, understanding that the, the hot air, yes, you, it can impact your psyche, but it's of little value. What, is it, what you really want to fight against 
those two examples I gave you there, the, that, that two guys who had a contract to sign with me once they saw my presentation, no contract, that the, the Chinese guy that came down here uh, who was going to, uh, who was attempting to run away, he was still going to come to the conference. He was just running away from me. So what I'm saying is we have, you know, those are the issues that I think we should tackle. And you don't tackle them, in my opinion, by saying, ha, I don't use the N-word. But I, I tackle it by getting into their heads and their hearts and their minds. And if you get there, they won't have or want to then use the N-word. I mean, uh, so, and, and then as far as black people themselves use an N-word, I think it makes the argument a lot. Look, you are enlightened, uh, my friend John. You, you, uh, you, you know, I always tell you that you have the right frame and the right mentality. But not everybody is as progressive as you are. Not everybody is clear thinking as you are. And that presents a problem. Because then, when you have the rappers and everybody else using the N-word themselves, it, it does present the ability to create what we call the, uh, uh, um, uh, a false narrative on, uh, on, on the issue. No matter what kinds of explanation you give, it opens for a false narrative. But I want to get off of the race right now, and I want to go to Comey hearings because I also think Tiaki wants to talk about the Comey hearings. If anybody who wants to call, you know it's a call-in show. And I'd love – and by the way, if you want to – if somebody – I was tipped to call about the race issue and eventually want to talk about it, just give me a call, 646-929-2595. On this show, nothing off limits. And nothing that you said puts you in the doghouse on this show. One of the things that I find, and we did this in deliberative, this, uh, deliberative discussions as well, when you allow people to put their, their voices out there, when you allow people to say whatever they say, however bad it may be, knowing that it's not going to affect your judgment or your friendship, you get a lot more. Because what happens is you get that trust that gives you the ability to communicate with that person. And if you can communicate with that person, it may not be immediate, but you can change mind and you can change hearts. So on this show, on Politics Done Right, I don't care who the hell you are. I don't care what the hell you believe. I don't care who you are. You can call, you can write, you can say anything on the show, and we'll talk about it. Anyhow, let's go to Comey. Talk, tell me about Comey, what you think about the, the hearing. Personally, I was a bit disappointed. I don't think you will talk to me. You talking to me, Egberto? Yes, John. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that, that I think it was actually a, a good hearing. I mean, there were, there were some things I was disappointed in Comey uh, for from the way he described the meeting. You know, I I, I kind of uh, wonder, you know, if he would have actually said it went public as soon as it happened. I mean, I, I know that he immediately would have been fired, but I mean, I, I wonder how the reaction would have been. Uh, be, because that would have, that would have been a, a little bit different, you know, than the way it than the way it happened now. So I mean, that's one thing I'm thinking about. Uh, the second thing is, you know, I, I know on on your Thursday show you were talking about uh, how you kind of uh, felt uh, agreed with Alan Dershowitz. Uh, you know, I I strong I strongly disagree with Alan Dershowitz and. What uh, Lawrence Tribe, uh, what he said, he, he's the Harvard professor who taught. He's exactly what you said as well, but go ahead and tell our audience. Right. I mean, 
so what he's saying is that you know this is I mean, what what Dershowitz said was that uh, basically that, 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 that I mean, to me, it's totally ridiculous that, that a Harvard law respecter, professor who's you know well respected, I mean, one of the most respected uh, lawyers in the country, would say that that the president cannot be charged with obstruction of justice because that that was one of the main uh, articles of impeachment that was going against Nixon was about uh what right was was obstruction of justice and it was in a much and I think professor also misunderstood Dershowitz in other words I think what these guys are going to point out is the following and 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 then I and then I want to bring in Tiaki oh Tiaki just hung up I was going to bring him in but I think what you what you what 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 needs to be said here is that impeachment is a political act, and Congress gets to define what it's going to consider the the president committing uh, what whatever the Constitution calls high crimes and misdemeanors. Okay, and while in a legal sense, uh, I agree with. In fact, listening to to Joanne read this morning. I agree with the lawyer that said he committed whatever it was. Uh, it wasn't, they weren't going to get him necessarily on infiltrating or, or rather trying to obstruct justice, but get him on corrupting the process. And even in as much as that's legal, the, the, the legal idea is that you cannot charge the president while he's sitting. So therefore, it becomes a political issue allows. And given that we have a Republican Congress, impeachment is unlikely. But you know, so I, I, I don't see it as, uh, as either or either. What I see it as is, pra- is what's practical. From a legal standpoint, there is no legal frame to get rid of the president. There's a political frame to get rid of the president. Can I? I, I actually don't yeah, think sure. that's true. And I, I think that Lawrence Tribe actually questioned that also. And I mean, and, and if you take that, if you give a hypothetical on this, also, I mean, let's let's say the the president committed murder on film in front of in front of millions of people. Are you saying that legally he could not be charged with that crime? I mean, and that's you know absurd. But there's second, nothing. No, it's not absurd. It's constitutional. Here's the problem. You have no, to. No, I see. Right. There's there's disagreement on this. There's, I you agree with you that. Lawrence Dersh- okay. let, me, let me finish and then I ask you, in, sir. Let me just say this. You're right. There's disagreement on this. The question can the, can the president murder somebody and still can't be taken to jail? My answer is I think that's what the Constitution says. I think, constitutionally speaking, there's a lot of defects in our Constitution. The Electoral College is a defect. There's a lot of things in our Constitution that is just plain wrong just plain stupid. Three-fifths of a man was just plain stupid. So let's not look at this document as it's great. So I think, of course, if the president was to kill somebody, from a political standpoint, yeah, they would get him. They would go ahead and, and impeach him. But I don't think that they could have done, they could do anything other than impeach him. But go ahead, my friend. Well, I, I, I'd like, what is, the, what is the constitutional basis for your argument, though, besides um, other people say that? Actually, that's what I'm going to tell you. Other uh, lawyers say that because I am not right. a lawyer, right. so uh, that, right. I, that's I mean, all I can say. Right. I mean, 
and, and Tribe has said that that you know this is this is something that is disputable, and then what he's saying that there's nothing in the Constitution that actually says that that they couldn't be charged. This is what Lawrence Tribe is saying. Dershowitz saying is saying the opposite. I, I'd like to see the citation that Dershowitz is using. Maybe I'll look that up after the show. Well, uh, but they say about the Constitution, the Constitution gives powers, right? And any power not given within the Constitution is then relegated to the states, right? So, I mean, that, that's one part I do know about the Constitution. That, that is, the Constitution assigns powers to the federal government. And anything not assigned to the federal government is at the behest of the state. And if the federal government, want, if we want other things done by the federal government, we either pass a law or we add a constitutional amendment. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, here's one one case that that did happen that is on the books. You know, uh, when when Paula Jones sued uh, Bill Clinton, the, yeah. Clinton said, "No, this I'm not going to take a deposition because I have I'm the president." And the, the Supreme Court said, "No, you're wrong. You can be sued. You can be sued in a civil court. The president can be sued." And so I I just I I actually agree with Lawrence Tribe. I think Dershowitz is way off base here, and I, I think that uh, he could be charged with anything. But, I mean, you're right. That essentially, the way that uh, even Tribe is saying that, that the, the real idea is to have impeachment, and like I've said before, you know, this a lot of people are describing what's happening now as a constitutional crisis. I wouldn't call it a constitutional crisis. This is a congressional crisis. This is a, a, a crisis of, of John, corruption of the Congress. I agree with that. Let me bring somebody else into the discussion. 302, who do I have the honor of speaking with? Hi, this is Nico in Denver. How you doing? Nico, how are you doing today? Good, good. Well, I, I just, I think this is just the tip of the iceberg with Comey. There, uh, there, there's so many uh, leads to follow, and uh, Comey's main motivation, and he stated that in his testimony. Ultimately, when he leaked these memos uh, of the occurrences that didn't look good, but uh, to me they they didn't rise to the occasion of a crime, uh, but it was certainly an indication of sort of uh, abuse of power. Uh, some feminists have even uh, come to uh, Comey's rescue and say, "See, that's how I feel." You know, when I'm in the lo- in the room alone with the boss, all these issues. You know, I I think it's profound uh, the loss of trust is the most important uh, uh, mm-hmm. tragedy here. Well, um, so what's your opinion? How did you feel after the, um, the hearings? Did you feel like Trump was any closer to maybe, as John would say, be either impeached or charged with something? I think the tension's on the special prosecutor now. Mm-hmm. And, and so we just don't know. No. Um, but when 46% of the uh, eligible voters do not show up at the polls, this mm-hmm. is just devastating to the cynicism uh, of getting people engaged, even to resist and fight, ironically, you know. Right. Well, interestingly, Nico, when I, one of the uh, talks that I gave on the panel in Baltimore yesterday is I said that what's occurring in our body politic is people don't believe that they matter. And also, and why don't they believe that they matter? Because a lot of people in power are able to do this, whatever they want to do, and then there are no consequences to that. 
And it's a self-fulfilling cycle, right? It's self-fulfilling because you don't, you don't vote because you think your vote don't matter. But if you don't vote, your vote doesn't matter. So we have to get over that. And I, I, I don't know if you, if you work with a lot of um, activists or not, but that is usually my, that is usually what I'm, when I'm working with activists all over the place, that's what I'm promoting. I'm like, we have to get the psychology of people first. A lot of us are telling people, yeah, go out there and, and protest in front of the, the senator's office. Keep calling the senator's office. Keep doing all these things, right? And what happens then is, you know, 70, 80% of the times they're unsuccessful. They still pass bill. They still do X, Y, Z. People get depressed. They say, oh, it doesn't matter. I don't count. Mm-hmm. What I try to do in my narrative is point out that you, you do count. You won't win all the battles, but as you continue to, to participate in the body politic, as you bring more people in, more of the people who think like you, who will vote like you, will eventually turn the system. That is what we have to do. So, uh, here, anything well, else you I, want to I add? think we're facing a different, you know, that's very idealistic, and I totally agree because I'm an idealist too, but uh, <laughs> what we're facing what we're facing here uh, is uh, we have the ability to inform ourselves mm-hmm. and, and make uh, make our choices accordingly. Uh, and Trump and other people around him and of his ilk are using uh, the system to muddy the uh, muddy the waters of what's real and what's not real. Right. And we get pulled into that, and and you know. It's just it. It's not easy, uh, Miko. It's not easy at all. And what we have to stress with the with our followers or our sphere of influence, whether it's in social media, whether it's in real life, whether it's at the coffee shop, the grocery store, what we have to share in real life is to let people know none of this stuff is going to change overnight. We're not going to make progress today or tomorrow or a week from now or a year from now, but you have to build. And so, in effect, we, well, we you know, uh, that reinforces what you're saying is like, let it roll off your back. What uh, Bill Maher said, you know, is not really the big, the problem is really our focus needs to be somewhere else on the specifics. And, uh, you know, so that reinforces uh, that approach. That opinion, but you know we have a conundrum here. <laughs> yes, we do. And you know what, though, Nico, I see, and it's not, you know, I see more people. I want, I want to see a few people with strong-headed that's going to keep on all the way because most people are so busy they won't be able to do a whole lot. But I want to see a few strong people with that with ever-growing spheres of influence. In other words. You need to build your your thoughts. You need to build your so, sphere of influence. People that are worthy of. Oh, we're we're wow! Time caught with us. Say a closing piece for me, Miko. You got about fifteen seconds. Okay, uh, I want to hear about what you think about identity politics. Okay, I'll tell you what I'll do. After we finish the show on air with Blog Talk Radio, I'll continue the show. Uh, you, you'll still be able to use Blog Talk Radio. Just be off air. And I'll continue with Facebook Live because I love that you mentioned identity politics. Yeah, Let me add. Kind of leads uh, there. <laughs> no problem, John. Give me a closer. 
Yeah, I agree with a lot of Nico says. Uh, you know, I was just looking at the Danish election. Eighty-five percent of the eligible voters voted in that election, the last election they had. So, I mean, right. you know, we need to put more money into education, make people more civically minded, make people more politically minded. Uh, one thing about the British elections is more young people voted, and if you look overall, people are against uh, against the status quo in Europe and America, but they don't know where to turn right now. Right now in America, they turn, they turn to the right, and hopefully they're going to turn to the left soon. Absolutely. So, folks, this has been one edition of Politics on Right. Thank you so kind for being with us. Uh, you have a wonderful rest of the Saturday. Now we go into extended edition because of a caller. Miko hits the subject that I want to talk about. Okay, Miko, tell me, uh, ask pose your question again. Um, you know, I think this all leads to uh, uh, the initial part of your program. Uh, 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 leads to this idea of uh, it, how useful is identity politics if we got to get everyone on board to fight this mother. Let me tell you, first of all, uh, because I got into this discussion about identity politics on Bay Coast a few times, right? Uh, you know, Bernie Sanders has been pushing a whole lot, uh, has been pushing the economic issue very, very hard. And he gets into, uh, a, there, there's sort of a fight between uh, Bernie Sanders and the most effective block of Democratic voters. And you know who the most effective block of Democratic voters are? Black women. Okay? The most, the largest, most effective block of Democratic voters, the most consistent percentage-wise are black women. And when Bernie Sanders spoke out, talked to the working class, the connotation was that the working class is white uh, working class Americans, not working class, which is everybody. And what happens is a lot of them took it aback to say, wait a minute, there are certain things specific to the uh, to black, Latino, and others that the Democratic Party has always stood up for. Are you saying that we should back off from those issues? No. I believe that we have to continue with identity politics because America is identity driven. But I think it's not the, I, the overriding issue for it all has to be economic. And why do I believe that? Or why, why am I saying that? First of all, if everybody's personal economy is acceptable to them, in other words, if everybody have a job, if everybody is, can do these other things, that prevents the charlatans like Donald Trump and others to use identity politics different than we want to use identity politics. They want to use identity politics to say, the Muslim is killing you, the black guy is taking all your money on welfare, the Latinos are taking your welfare and your jobs. That is the narrative that they want to put out because these people in Appalachia or whatever are hurting. What a lot of, a, a lot of minority or, or minority Democrats would say is, Wait a minute. We've been heard all along. Our unemployment was our unemployment sucked even when the white working class unemployment was great. Our treatment with society sucked even when they didn't have problem. How do you then tell me not to have identity politics? And that is the conundrum your word, the conundrum that we go that we go across. My thing is 
We don't forget about the social justice problem. We don't forget about, you know, prison industry. We don't forget about any of that. But we do not make those the issue that we solely, are, and not, when I solely concerned, that's not what we do, but that we, we put all that, uh, I don't know what word to use without sounding negative. But we have I to think, constantly. I think we're challenged as Americans, though, because, you know, every time, every time. Uh, it comes in different forms, the monster. You know, we right. saw that in, in Occupy uh, Wall Street. Uh, yes. At some point, it kind of diverged into hating Jewish uh, bankers, you know, so you get into these stereotypes right. and, and so forth. And, 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 I, and, as a member of I, I, and we just fall into the trap with, right. at Miko, every opportunity. Me, Help a, us. <laughs> Miko, I was a strong member of Occupy, and I can tell you a lot of those problems were, in, were actually instigating instigators. A lot of these guys were paid to bring those things in. And you had a guest like me where you know, whenever I went out to Houston and those kind of out to Houston Occupy Camp, whenever those things occurred, try to mitigate it. There are a couple of times I was in uh, for the uh, for the Net, Net Roots Nation that we had in Providence, Rhode Island. That Occupy there, some of it broke down into some of that where we had a round it, it circle. It was like the initial couple of months was pure gold. Right. Just beautiful, right. you know. And then right. it, it spun it, out. It takes you know, identity it, issues. And just another food for thought, uh, if yes. identity politics is so uh, uh, Difficult uh, to navigate. pertinent, you know, wh- why does Hillary Clinton uh, lose 53%, uh, you know, uh, oh, to fi- basically uh, 53% of white women who voted voted for Trump, you know? Right. It was a big yeah. number. And, and, and she came out initially – in June of uh, 2016, very clear, I'm a woman, you know, and using that, right? Right. And and it backfired. Right. Well, I, I don't think it her identity, people that might have identified with her, well, lost John faith and trust in her, you know. John, come on in. Well, I, I think the the actual number was 51, but it's very close. But I mean, yeah, I I think that you know some. I looked you know, it up. The, 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 Okay, well, I mean, all right. Uh, so the, the different, the different uh, identities that we have, like people in the South and the Midwest, are very attached to their regional culture, and their regional culture is very much, uh, you know, economically based. And so, I mean, I think that, that that's the reason why people, you know, voted the a lot of white women voted the way that they did. And also, you know, you have to, to understand the negativity that was put up. I mean, Trump, the, 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 this is the most negative campaign, and they, they vilified. Now, I'm not a – I mean, I'm a Bernie supporter, you know, just like uh, like Igberto. And, but, you know, I, you know, I voted for Clinton also like Igberto, and uh, just because I felt that that was the, the thing to do, uh, it would definitely uh, be better agree than on that one. <laughs> right. But I mean, it's it's just hard to to you know when you have so much negativity against you. I mean, I'm, I'm, when I'm thinking about 2020, it's going to be the same thing. I mean, you know, uh, whoever the, the Democratic nominee is, that they have so much money, you know, uh, being thrown at a person to give to show every negative aspect of their of their life and their history, and also. Uh, uh, 
I think the Russian connection, I mean, Egberto was talking about this, and I kind of dismissed him about social media. Obviously, he's, you know, he's one of the top social media on the liberal side in the country. Uh, and, and so, you know, he was much more in tune with the, what was going on in social media and all the, the – the Trump connections, and I think he was also more in tune with all the bots that were out there and the Russian connection. And so uh, there's just intense negativity, and, you know, so whoever is nominated, we're going to have to overcome all this negativity, and it's a very John, hard thing. Right. John, and that's why we have to do the work now. Now, guys, I, I'm, this extended period has to end because I have to go write a couple of blogs. So I, I, I want to thank those who stayed around this little extended talk between John, uh, Miko, and myself. If you have ideas, go ahead and stick it in the, in the uh, post, uh, either the live audio or the, the blog post. But, folks, thank you again for sticking around. Uh, John, it was a pleasure as usual having you. You always add to the discussion. You always keep me on my toes. Miko, thank you very much for calling, and you guys have a wonderful day, okay? You too. Right on. All right. Thank Take you. Care. Bye-bye. Facebook friends, we'll talk later. Thank you very much for listening. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.